Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills Podcast. Dag Heward Mills Podcast is a broadcast outreach of Dag Heward Mills Ministries, which has the duty to bring you the very best from the vast teaching archive of healing evangelist, best-selling author, and megachurch pastor, Dag Heward Mills. In this Friday's message, you will learn the seven steps to the anointing that Jesus Christ took before the Holy Ghost descended upon him. Today's Bible lesson will teach us the steps that Jesus took while he was in the Jordan to receive the Holy Spirit, which led him to become anointed for ministry. Bishop Dag will share powerful revelations that will lead you to a higher level of anointing by following the steps that Jesus Christ himself took. After today's message, I believe you will be led to the highest kind of anointing as you tap into the wisdom from the Word of God. Yeah. 
Hallelujah. May it be our greatest desire that the Lord will fill our temple with his spirit and that our only desire will be to please him all the days of our lives. Amen. This is all I really want to do, to please you. To be pleasing you So I may walk the 
your presence. Take me to that place where you are. Draw me near to where you are. And I want to be Hallelujah. Amen. Shall we pray? Father, thank you for this evening. Thank you for the opportunity that we have. Lead us to the anointing. The anointing that will help us yes. and establish us. Yes. We love you, Jesus. Yes. We thank you for your grace. Mm. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. You may be seated. Turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 2. And I'm sharing with you seven steps to the anointing Preach. at Jordan. Preach. Wow. Do you want to be anointed? Yes. All right. Now, only clever people get anointed. Mm. Yes. The, the reason why I'm saying that only clever people get anointed is that not everybody knows the value of something, right? 
And so when you don't know the value of something, it goes away from you. It runs away from you. Because when you don't value something, it is, you don't treat it or regard it in a particular way. All right? So it's very important to value things. For instance, um, you have a country which values beauty queens. Right? Where if you are a beauty queen, you win a competition and you go to, to where? America. Give me a pen, please. You go to America, you get a ticket, you get a ticket, and uh, you get a car, and you get a house. Why? Why? Yeah, because if you're a beauty queen, you're valued. And all that you did was to exist. All right, all that you did is to exist. Whatever you are is whatever you are. If you have size two, 250 <laughs> of something, that is how you are made. If you have size 500, that is how you are made. No change in value. You just come as you are. And then you get a prize. Okay? But if you are a very hard working, I don't know how it is now. I'm sure the doctors have a better salary now. But if you are a hard working doctor, operating on people in the night, you know, in the night, in the day, you come home at the worst hours possible. If you were a pastor and you were coming home at such hours, you may lose your marriage or your mother-in-law would start accusing the church of bad things. Is that not true? But for a doctor, you see how they work. It's allowed. And they suffer. And because they are so hard working and there's so much at work trying to save lives, they don't have time for business. You get it? And then they are not valued. And so they all leave the country. The value is not the same. So in my, from my class, we were about 55. I don't think I can get five of us who qualified in 1989 the University of Ghana Medical School, five of us in Ghana today. You get it? Because when I finished, I was earning 25,000 CDs. And um, petrol for one month was 15,000 CDs. And then engine oil was 5,000. <laughs> and I was left with 5,000 CDs. For guys. So, everybody left to where they were valued. Recently, I had a, one of my, not even my friend, but my own, my, one of my roommates, you know, he was arguing with his wife. He said he wanted to go and buy something. His wife said, don't buy it. He said, I'll buy it. His wife said, don't buy it. You won't use it. He said, I'll buy it. His wife said, I know you. You won't use it. He said, I'll buy it. He bought it. A lawnmower. When he came to the house, he used it once, and he said, this thing, you know, fine. I will not use it again. And his wife said, I told you not to buy it. And then he said, oh, this one, if I go and work one night, I'll just buy. 2,000, I'll just buy one day. Yeah. Those are the kind of monies 
that they are appreciated with. Wow. Yeah. I'm talking about my, my, my classmates. What do you think about that? Wow. Somebody appreciates them. Yeah. So they are there. So when you don't appreciate something, like anointing, it will be at another far place. You will be where you are and the anointing will be at a very distant location. Far from you. Because the anointing is, is more precious than a thousand dollars. Yeah, it's true. Oh yeah. The anointing is God. It's God's presence. And few people are able to recognize the source of blessings. You see, now, Elisha walked with Elijah for some time, and then he asked him, what do you want? And Elisha said, I want the spirit that is on you. Are you listening to me? I don't want your car. I don't want your house. I don't want anything you have. I want the anointing. But few people can realize the relationship between the anointing and what the person has or does. Because they just can't relate the two. Like we just went to a town, Kade. We had a crusade. And during the pastor's conference, I said to them, I said, many of you are thinking, these people have a lot of money. I asked them, how, how many of you were thinking that? They all raised up their hand. And I said, many of you were thinking that if I had the amount of money that these people have, I would really do a lot of work just like they are doing. You see, so their minds are working that perhaps it is money that makes you do what you do. Uh-huh. This is a very, it's a very easy assumption to come to that when you have a lot of money, you will do certain things. But it is not true. Many years ago, I remember talking with a pastor friend and he mentioned the amount of money that he had and that he received. I almost, I almost, I I don't know if he he saw the surprise on my face. And the, the amount of money that his ministry has. You know, I was amazed at the kinds of monies that people encounter. (laughs) Yeah. And I realized that it is not the amount of money that you have or that passes through your fingers. Yeah. It's more than that. There is a saying, not a saying, but somebody has proposed a theory that if the wealth of the world was divided equally to everybody, everyone in the world will get $10,000. Every single person will have ten equal. Michael Jackson will have 10000 Mrs. Saki will have 10000 Akosha will have 10000 Selassie will have 10000 Everybody will have 10000 And then the theory goes on to say that after five years, all the money will return to where you have your own right to do your own business. But after five years, the money will return back to the places that it was before. <laughs> yeah. Like those who have millions will have millions. Those who have thousands will have thousands. Those who are poor will be poor. Yeah. If you share the wealth equally, everybody will have 10,000 each. It will return back to what it was. 
for after five years. And I think it is true. Because there are other things, you understand, that make a person really do well rather than the money. So often people can't see what it is. I realized recently I was thinking about that if somebody wants to follow me, the person will have to be or even learn from me. The person will have to have many eyes because many of the things I do you can't see. Yeah. Much about me is hidden, but not intentionally. In fact, I'm one of the most open preachers. If you listen to my tapes, you know almost everything. About, and yet, you know very little. It's true. Because it's actually hidden. It's actually hidden. It's not easy to see. It's not easy to know somebody. I mean, you can be married for some years, and after a while, you realize you. I realize who you are. When I look at my wife now, I realize that I, 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 I realize that I didn't even know my wife when I was getting married. As I grow, I begin to know who I have married. Yeah. And that is why it should, it should be more difficult to remarry if you ever lose your spouse. God forbid. But if you do, you would have known more. And it will be very difficult to choose. Because you look at the person, you. Based on this thing that you are doing, when I marry you, it's not going to be easy for me. It's true. But those things, when you are not married, recently I saw somebody, nice, beautiful wife. But based on my pastoral experience and knowledge, when I saw, I said, hey, this one, when she starts to manifest, it, it will not be easy. <laughs> Some people are saying, why don't I say when the brother starts to manifest? Because, because, because <laughs> I shouldn't do this. <laughs> All right. A lot of people are saying I shouldn't. I should just ignore him. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. It's fantastic. Many people are fan- many things are fantastic. So experience will let you know. You realize that you don't know. You can't know. So pray for God to open your eyes. When he opens your eyes, you will see. Amen. Amen. Now, Jordan, 2 Kings chapter 2. Jordan is a place of the anointing. Amen. Amen. So I just want to give you some things about Jordan. All right, 2 Kings chapter 2. All right. And as they were going along, right, Let's read from verse 6. Elijah said to him, please stay here for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. Oh, everybody say, the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. How many want to be sent to Jordan? A place where you will be anointed. Wow. So the first step is to be sent. Amen. 
And he said, as the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. Amen. 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 The second step to the anointing is that permanence Mm. about everything that you do. Because if you, are, if you don't have a permanent mind about things that you are doing, there are so many things that can remove you. Okay. Amen. Amen. Are you listening to me? Yes. I remember when I started Healing Jesus Crusades, I did not start to have a crusade, you know, a big crusade. And once I, I said, look, every town and every village, if there are people there, I want to go there. And I want to preach to them. You understand? So the difficulties of the crusades and the problems cannot redirect me by the grace of God. There is a certain permanence you must have about whatever you are doing in relation to God. And so when Elijah was working with Elijah, Elijah kept trying to redirect him and go go away, join another church. You understand? But Elijah, Elijah said, as the Lord liveth, as the Lord liveth, I will not live. This is one of the strange scriptures, difficult to understand. Why would the senior prophet ask the junior prophet to go away? You know, this is a, it's, it's one of, it's like, it's like Jonah and the whale. I mean, whether a whale can swallow a human being and so on. It's a big question, you understand, but... It's in the Bible, and it's true. And Elijah's story is true. It's like, why did he send him away? Shouldn't it be the devil sending him away? But sometimes you'll be surprised that it's so precious. God wants to save people who can be sent away by the devil are there. Then we are coming to people who can be sent by pastors away. That's another level of being sent away. So if you are, the devil sends you away, you don't go. Church members try to send you away. That's why you don't go. Then we come to the level of the pastor who is now offending you and sending you away. Then you come to bishops who are now driving you away. Still, you are not going. Then you are more permanent and more ready to come to the place of the anointing. Look, if you want to be anointed, you have to be permanent. Many things would try to... If I was to follow my prayer, I would not be a member of Lighthouse. I would have left Lighthouse long ago. Because when my father died, I didn't get any donations from Lighthouse. And I'm still waiting for donations. 1994. Poor guy. Sometimes I look at people, how they become offended. Say, eh, we had a funeral, you didn't come and so on. You know what happened when my father died in this church? No, I've I, I decided not to leave. Like I could have left. And there are so many things that have offended me, trying to drive me away from what God has given to me. Benny Hinn was asked Ora Roberts the other day, what has kept you and your wife together? All these years, before his wife died, what has kept? He said, a certain decision that no matter what, we are together. Yeah. Wow. 
Because what you are made of, the meat you are made of, the hunam, is that how they call it? The hunam that you are made of is the hunam that Ora Robert is made of. Recently, I, I watched a documentary about Billy Graham. His wife had written, they quoted, they wrote on the screen. They said, Billy Graham and I could not have peace. We never had peace together. He said, I wondered what, when we will ever have peace, the two of us. Are you not surprised? Billy Graham, <laughs> Billy Graham looks very... Very what? Peaceful. Correct. Tranquil. He said, what could ever? I said, we were both, we are both strong-willed. I never knew what could make the two of us live together in peace. Because the hunam that you are made of is the same hunam that he is made out of. But the difference would be that somebody has decided that something like separating from my wife or husband is not on the discussion. We would die in it like that. They should kill us, we would die. Permanence is what keeps you stable. But I can tell you, I promise each and every one of you, as you go, those of you who are not married, you will meet something that will want to make you eject. Have you seen that? Uh, <laughs> let's say the pilots. They have something they press eject. Then you just come out of it. It's like, it's like hey, wait, I, I'm out. For guys. So, when you have this mind, when you sit in a plane and you're about to take off, you ask them for a hammer. When they ask what you are going to do for this one, I'm coming to break that eject place. So you break it and you go. Whatever will happen, should happen. We are in it. If it's fire, we will all be in the fire together. So that mind will let you be permanent in a church. Permanent in marriage. Permanent in your focus. I was talking to one of our pastors. He has been to so many places. He has been in Ethiopia. He has been in Central Africa. He has been in Suhum. He has been in the north of Ghana. All these places. If you, if you don't have that permanence, at one of these places, you, you eject. Yeah, at, at one point, you say, look, you know something? Let me press the eject button and then come out. Where is the button, bro? Where is it? So be permanent. Since I joined Lighthouse, I have been permanent. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. And then they walked on. Amen. Then 50 men of the sons of the prophet went and stood opposite them at a distance while the two of them went to Jordan. Amen. All right. Now these are the two sons of the prophet, verse 5. The sons of the prophet who were at Jericho approached Elisha and said, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said, yes, I know. Be still or be quiet. All right. Now, the next step is you must overcome, all right, the advice and the pressure of people. 
trying to keep you away from the place of the anointing. Human beings have a way of advising you in a very clever way. That keeps you away. There are some people, eh, in every group you have people who, when they speak, they bring life. Some people, when they attend a party, the party comes alive. You know, and there are people who, when they speak, eh, the, the way they speak and the way they explain things, my God, my God, you shall be moved if you are not moved. The way they would talk. I was talking to one of our missionaries. He was telling me what happened. He said when he was going to be a missionary, he said he was leaving his house, his house in Accra, and his mother was in favor of what he was doing to be a missionary in a village in Ghana. But his father was against it. And his father said, no! But he was a grown-up. He's finished school. His father was against So he said that when he was leaving, he went to his father. And you know what his father said? His father slapped him. Yeah, he slapped him. When his father slapped him, he just received it. Take it one. And then he just took his things and just went to the village to where he was going as a missionary. My father hasn't slapped me before. But his father slapped him because of the gospel. The other day we had the crusade and somebody was drawing some wires. I said, keep drawing. I went to sit by them. They were drawing. I said, keep, you are drawing rewards in heaven. Keep drawing the wires. Then they started to draw the wires more. I said, keep pulling the wires. You never know what you are doing. That slap, eh, the value of the slap in heaven, you don't have an idea. It's not in cities. But that's not the end of the story. Recently, his father and his mother came to visit him at his mission house. And then his father became so happy when he saw him. His father went with him to the church which he was pastoring. Sat there for his son to preach. Came up and spoke to the congregation to encourage them. And told the congregation how they were. It was a good thing. And he spoke to the other members, went round to them, spoke to them. Then his son asked him, the one who slapped, he asked him, so daddy, so his father said, because of the decision that you have taken, you have overcome so many problems of life that you will never see them because of where you are going. So where you are going is a very good thing. of prophets were asked, you know that where you are going is not a wise thing. Because you don't have any future. Today the man is going, what are you following again for? If you follow things, you see, that's why I said that people become anointed. They know God deep down inside. They can tell you this, somebody will tell you this, they can slap you. You say no. And then his mother was sitting there, as he was, his, the father was now praying. 
was now praising him and talking and chatting with his wife and how they have advanced in life. The mother was just saying, hmm. It's like when he was going, you were now. It's now that you have seen. Now it is the right thing to do to serve the Lord. So brothers and sisters, I said there are people eh? when they speak, the kind of ideas that they will have to guide you and redirect you in your life. Eh? Uh, you know, me, I think maybe because I'm not so friendly, I didn't have such people. My, but some of you, you are so friendly. You see that people are always advising you. People always have a chance to talk to you and just tell you all sorts of things. I mean, my face, I have a serious, my, my wife used to look at me and say, hey, Mr. Serious. Because I have a serious face. And then I have a slightly relaxed face. I have two or three. Depending on the options available, I'll use one. Think about it. Sons of prophets are telling you. Where are you going again? Where are you going? You have no future. You have no future. It's almost a dead man. One man, he was the head of a printing publishing house and he got cancer. When he got cancer, there was chaos in the office because everybody knew that he was going to die. And now that he was going to die, it's like everybody's job is at stake. So there was confusion in the office when they announced the thing. Hey, no more future. What are you going to do? That's what happened to Elisha. Charlie? The man is going. I know. That's a matter of time. So what are you doing here? So I'm, going to, I'm going to look after. I'm going to look after this old man until the last hopeless step is taken. And I will walk away alone like a fool. And the whole world will look at me. I was faithful. And I like him as an old man. Yeah. I, have, I have nothing. Yeah. I have nothing. But I will still care for this old yeah. man. Yeah. I'll care for him. Yeah. It's to the last step yeah. of uselessness. Mm. I'll follow it. Yes, sir. May you follow till you get to the Jordan. Amen. The Jordan is a place of anointing. Yeah. Anybody who crosses, and when we go to Israel, God willing, next year, it's one of the places that we want to go to visit the Jordan. How many are going to be there? <laughs> You'll be there, don't raise your hand. All right. Now, when they are crossed over, Elijah, they crossed the Jordan. Elijah, Elijah, Elijah took his mantle, folded it together, struck the waters. How many steps do you have? Three, four. Okay. Elijah took his man and folded over and struck the waters, and they were divided here and there, so that the men took, so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. Amen. Three people crossed this Jordan. It's a mighty place to be. Elijah crossed it once. Then Elisha crossed it again when he was carrying the double portion. And then Joshua also crossed it with the people of Israel. These are the three people who crossed. And all of them with a powerful presence. They walked through that Jordan River. Elijah with his mantle, 
Elisha carrying the double portion and Joshua crossing with the people of God to come to attack Jericho. Yeah. It's a very, it, it's symbolic of grace and power. May you come to that place where God's power will help you and God's power will lift you up. Alright? So when they are crossed, he said, ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So the next thing is to ask for the right thing. Don't ask for degrees. Don't ask for money. Don't ask for houses. Ask for the anointing. Even if you are not a pastor, ask for the anointing. Because the Holy Spirit is the anointing. And the Bible says, whoever you are, whosoever shall ask the Father for the Holy Spirit, he will give it to him. Amen. Because the Holy Spirit is sent to help Christians. And so pray for the Holy Spirit. God will give you the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes, who has come? God has come. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? So ask for the right things. How many steps do you have? All right. Step number five. And as they were going, no, then he said, you have asked, verse 10, a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Amen. Uh, What steps do you have? How many steps do you have? Four. Number five. If you see visions, you must see. Your eyes must see. If you don't see, you will never receive. Yeah. Because it looks like it's important to see certain things before you can receive. So Elijah gave him one condition. He said, if you see, if you see, if you see, you have it. That's all I can say. If you see, and, and, and he saw. So Elijah was walking along with Elijah when chariots came. These were not physical chariots. And they were not physical horses. They were spiritual horses. How many have ever seen a spiritual horse? He saw spiritual horses. Spiritual chariots. And fire, spiritual fire. And these chariots came and divided them. Elijah Elijah didn't go up with the chariots. The chariots separated them. And Elijah was taken up with the world. Elijah was so attached to Elijah that it would take chariots of fire to part them. Said if you see. Some of you, pastor is preaching, you are falling in love with the pastor. Instead of seeing anointing, you are saying that, oh, wow. The pastor is nice, oh, even when he's wearing clothes. How much more when they're clothes are removed? For guys! No. These are not things that I'm imagining. I've, I've heard somebody say this particular comment. Watching somebody on television, a man of God preaching, said, Look at this powerful man of God. He's nice, even when his clothes are on. What about if his clothes have been removed? For guys. For guys. 
So ladies and gentlemen, what are you seeing? Some of you sit in the church, you say, oh, it's beautiful. It's nice. But can you see anything else? Can you see anything else? Some of you preach, you preach, you say, oh, I can see he's got six points. It's orderly. Can you see anything else apart from the orderliness of the message? Uh, maybe I'm preaching, I'm preaching a disorderly message. Can you see anything beyond the disorderly? I'm preaching about the anointing again. Can you see anything beyond the anointing? Beyond what you think you see? One time I finished preaching and an elderly lady in the church called me and said, my son, come. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, listen, last week you preached about this. And this week you continue. But you are starting, you are going over. So she said to me, get on with it. Get on with it. I said, yes, madam. What will you say? Get on with it. Look, can you see anything else apart from the mistakes? Huh? What do you see? Blessed are your eyes for they see. Blessed are your eyes for they are seeing the right thing. Blessed are your ears for they are hearing the right thing. Wow. He said, if you see, if you see, I thank God for just a couple of visions that I've had. There is a vision that I had that is the most real. I mean, it's like I was sitting in a chair and suddenly someone appeared to me in my room. I was not lying down. I was not asleep. And suddenly a person appeared to me and told me to do the crusades that I'm doing. And told me it was very, very important that I did it. And then number two, that it was very important that I prayed for the sick. I should never stop praying for the sick. Very, very, very important. I tell you. I tell you. If you see something. If you see. It says if you see. If it happens that, if it happens that God touches your eyes. You can be anointed. In fact, see certain things. If ever you have had certain visions or dreams, it's an indication of a certain approaching of the anointing. Oh, yeah. And dreams. It's it's, it's because as you get nearer the spirit world, you start to, you know, can you you know, so when you are getting nearer Accra, you travel, as you are getting, you you can start to see the lights of Accra. Because you are getting nearer. So as you get nearer the spirit, nearer the anointing, you begin to have glimpses. Is that, is that not, is that not, is that not Makati Hill over there? Is that not uh, 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 Adenta Lights? Are those not uh, uh, Tema? Is that, what light are those that we are seeing? As you start getting nearer. As Peter, James and John were getting nearer, they went up the Mount of Transfiguration. And there appeared Elijah and Moses. And they saw them. Human beings. You see, they were getting nearer to the place where they were going to be covered with oil. How do you be used by God? So now, glimpses. Glimpses. When Jesus was in the Jordan, the heavens opened. He, they saw a dove. A dove. Maybe you didn't have seen it if you were there. They saw a dove coming. The eyes were open. And they saw a dove and they heard a voice. That's why Elijah said, I don't know. 
how near you are. But if it happens that you see something, may God touch your eyes and may you begin to have visions and dreams. And may you begin to see what you have to see. That God will use you and bless your life. How many steps do you have? Six. When you get to seven, I'll stop. Six. Ah. Alertness. Alertness. Spiritual alertness. Or being spiritually alert. I don't want to worry you, but I just want to tell you something. Anytime I see somebody sleeping, when I'm preaching. I don't know, but the immediate thing that I feel is that it's an unanointed person. Or it's somebody who is far from the anointing. Meanwhile, the power is flowing. Meanwhile, the power is flowing. And the anointing is flowing. And then... So, but I have not seen this verse before. Because if he, Elijah had Elijah, what Elijah, where are you? At the moment that the chariots of fire were coming by, you were sleeping. You were sleeping. You were sleeping. That's why Benihin says that there are people who challenge him and say, when he talks about how he was blessed and anointed through Catherine Kuman and he was at a service and the power of God was there. So they challenge you. You know how Americans are? That it's a lie and they were in the service and there was nothing like that. You know, and he says, that, look, you were in the service but you couldn't see. I was there, I could see. I was there, I was awake. I was alert. I could see power and anointing. He said, he said he would be in the service four hours, the whole choir would fall asleep and he'll be sitting there. Then they wake up when the miracle time comes. So when the anointing comes, everybody wakes up. But the man will be talking, talking, talking for a long time. That was preaching this long talking about this, about that, about that, about so her clothes, about her mother, her father, different things. She's talking. Everybody's. She was gone. People challenging him said, You didn't see, you are lying, you are making it up. 
That was that I saw you, you couldn't see. It was a let. Yeah. Chariots are passing. Hey. The over, you are sleeping when chariots are moving back. So anytime I'm preaching, I see them. I just say, ah. There they are. There they are, there they are. Anointing zero. Anointing free. Anointing far. Far from anointing. At first, at first, I used to think that it was my preaching. So, so one day I did an experiment. I did an experiment. Well, I like to analyze this. Is it me? Is my preaching boring? But I used to measure my preaching by yawns. If nobody is yawning, I know that the anointing is there. When the yawning comes, then the anointing is gone. That's how, that's how I measure the anointing. I used to. I mean, I don't do that anymore But because I, I, I look above. But one day I remember a brother, whenever I preach, he sleeps. <laughs> so one day, one day we went to, one day we went to Benihin Crusade with this same brother who sleeps when I'm preaching. And, and what happened was that I was given a seat on the stage and then the others were, they, I was given a VIP Sit on the stage with the pastors. And the others were also given a VIP to sit near the front. There were one, two, three, four rows. Benihin was, Benihin Miracle Crusade. And I was sitting there on stage. Oh, I was so happy with myself. But actually, I realized that when he came on, I didn't know how he come. They have a curtain and a box. And then he just walks from the back. And he just comes out. He just walks out like that with a microphone. He already has a microphone which is already on. He doesn't come on and... Sorry! Volume. volume. No, no, no. He walks out. He walks out. And he's singing already. He's singing. And he's flowing. The anointing is flowing. The song is flowing. So he just walked out like that. Right? Are you with me? And started singing. So when he started singing, I was so happy. You know, I was so happy. But I realized that I was now at a disadvantage because I was seeing his back. So I was beginning to wonder, no. Maybe I should go to join these guys because... They are seeing the thing live. You know, but I even forgot about them. So I was just sitting there. Oh, is this me? Yeah, yeah. The man is just three and a half yards away. Oh, he was singing. I'm the Lord that healed. They were singing. Jesus, Jesus, he was singing. You know, then he began to talk. And I I became so happy with myself that I was actually here. As the service was going on. Then I remembered my people that I came with. And I said, my people my people are the people that i brought are they enjoying it as much as i am enjoying it so i was sitting on this side and they were sitting here so i looked there and when i looked listen one two three they they were sitting up like that and the fourth one the one who sleeps when i am also preaching he was like this I saw it. I was I had two feelings. One I was encouraged and the other I was shocked. I said sleep. Sleeping now. Benin has come and it was in the first 10 minutes, first 5 10 minutes. 
It doesn't have to be it's like we are so tired, they have taken so long. First five, ten minutes. It's like it's so boring to you. So boring. Oh. So if you see me, if you are awake when I come, how can you see the chariots of fire? Elisha, I'm going. Oh, Elisha, I'm going. He's ah, ah. gone. You got to be alert. You must know what to talk about when you meet a man of God. Some of you, your conversation is already so shallow that when you meet a man of God, you have nothing to say. You cannot maintain five minutes of conversation with any man of God because you are too shallow. You are out of depth, out of your depth. You cannot maintain five minutes of discussion with someone who is anointed because you are out of your depth. You are way beyond the discussion. When Papa Hagen died, there was a young man. He said he was in, in the Bible school. And uh, one day, Kenneth Hagen called him. He said, you come. Come for dinner. Come for lunch with me. He said he was shaking. He said the prophet himself has called him to come for lunch. So he went with the prophet. When he, when he sat down, the prophet was sitting here and he was sitting here. A man of God. At that time, he was a student. He said, when he sat there, Ken Hagen, the waiter came to what do you have? Steak. All right. You? Fish? Okay. <laughs> and they ordered it. And he sat there. Second, I think he sat there. And he also sat there. He said he, did, he didn't know what to say. He said that he, Papa Hagen didn't say a word. And he also didn't say a word. They sat there. The food came. He ate. He ate. So, wow. Glory be to God. Let's go. Then he got up and went. Not a word. Because, you see, they have taken you far, too far into the sea. You can't, you can't operate there. You can't operate there. You are too, it, it, the person is beyond the relating with you. But Elisha, Bible says, Elisha, and as, they say, as they walked and they talked, Elisha was somebody who would engage in discussion and, and friendship and talking with Elisha as they were walking and they were talking. He could engage, Elisha could engage Elijah in a reasonable discussion. Even though he was so anointed, Elisha was just his servant. He was alert. Some people, when you are driving with them, they just sleep. If you are the driver, they just sleep. They are dangerous assistance to have when you are driving. Because you need somebody who can engage you as you are walking and talking together. You know, you are driving, the person is also talking, keep saying, eh, 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 eh. you need someone like my wife. My wife can talk from Accra to Kumasi. That's talking. Poor guy. Shaba kaba kaba. Kaba kaba. Kaba kaba. Kaba ya. You must be able to relate with anointed people. You must be able to talk to prophets. Talk to men of substance and of depth in the spirit. Otherwise, how can you receive? You cannot talk about anything that is deep and anything that is spiritual and anything that has to do with God. Because you are so shallow. 
as soon as we go out a little and there's no sand under your feet, you cannot operate there. The guy sat there and the prophet, the man of God, he said later on, he was speaking at this place, later on, he asked himself, how could such an opportunity happen to me? I sit with the man, I have nothing to say, I don't know what to say. I didn't know what to ask. I didn't know what to do. Alertness. I said alertness. Oh, be alert, my friend. You may not know what is happening to you at this impartation service. You may not know when the chariots are passing by. Chariots of fire and anointing. Hallelujah. And as they were going along, how many steps do you have? Six. Last step, number seven. And as they were going along and talking, behold, they were talking. See, they were talking. They were alert. Elisha was awake. He was chatting. He was talking. He was relating. He was not deaf and dumb. Nothing to say. Nothing to contribute. No. And as they were going along and talking, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses, which separated the two of them. I told you they were so attached. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind to heaven. And Elijah saw it and cried, My father, my father, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and his horsemen. And he saw Elijah no more. Wow. And he took hold of his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. Ah, there are more steps there. There are more steps suddenly. You have to get rid of your own clothes and put on the clothes of your father if you want to be anointed. But for another day, he took up the mantle. He tore his own clothes off. You see, some of you, your own identity needs to get, needs to get to the heavens and take on the identity. So when, when they see you, even the way you are, so this is Elijah's mantle that the guy is wearing. Rend your clothes. Take up something else. If you've torn your clothes, you can't wear them. Take on something else. Put it on. And you just put on your daddy's coat. And you just work with it. Yeah. That's the anointing. When you carry that, the, the anointing is already here. It's not, nothing new is going to be invented for you. It's just, it's just a coat that you wear. I remember some years ago I was in my basement downstairs in the office and then I had a wonderful vision or dream or vision. I suddenly saw somebody coming downstairs, coming in, opening the door and the person came in with a, a coat. Is there anybody who has a coat? Coat, give me your coat. Came with a coat like that. And a jar. Is anybody who has a jar? Or a bottle? Some, somebody came in. That is here. Yeah, right here. Give it to me. No, don't open it. Don't open it. Thank you. And in the bottle, he had this too. And he said, this is your father's ashes. He was informing me that my father was dead. My spiritual father. He said, there's his ashes. And then he put it here. So it's gone. 
And he said, but this was his coat. And he said, put it on. Come, put it on. And he said, he said, you are going to wear this till your time is over. He said, then you will also become another lot of ashes. And then he says, somebody else. Take it off. Somebody else. Somebody else. Come, my dear. Come, my dear. Somebody else is going to wear it. Maybe somebody you didn't think would wear it. Somebody you didn't think would wear it. Would wear it. Would put it on. That's what happens with the anointing. The people who are anointed are often not expected to be anointed. Never thought they would be pastors. Yes. Never thought they would preach. But God chooses and he yes. says, preach. come here, my dear. Yeah. And it's not you. It's the thing. Yeah. The thing that is working yeah. is the mantle. The mantle is what works. It's the same mantle that continues to work. To work things out. May you be anointed in Jesus' name. My God. You see, nobody expected Benihim to be anointed because he was a Palestinian. And doesn't speak proper American English. Yeah, it's not too American enough. He's got brothers who are real American speaking brothers. But he's not that way. He's, when he speaks, you can really hear. The God will choose you. Because people didn't choose you. God will say, I'm going to surprise people yes. with yeah. you. Yeah. There is no pattern. Yes. I say, if, there's, if ever there was something which hasn't got a formula, it is the way God chooses people. Yes. There is no formula. Yes. You can never get a formula yes. to know who God uses. Yeah. You can't even look into the person's past to, to know this is the person that will be used. Yeah. You can't. You can't. Help her. My God, God is anointing her. Listen, you can't even tell. You can't look at the background. You can't look at the age. You can't look at the sex. You can't look at anything. God just chooses people. May you be anointed in Jesus. Receive that step. Take off your clothes. Take off your identity. Take off your family. Take off your sex, whether you are male or female. Take it off. Take off whatever you are and put on. Something that God gives you that only God can give you. Check it out. He rent his clothes and he took the mantle of Elijah. Father, I thank you for you have anointed your children so powerfully. And you have given us a special grace, a special anointing, special power. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Oh, just thank him right now for the anointing. My God, my God, my God, my God.
God. Oh God. My God, my God, my God, my God. Use Raise God. Supernatural Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My God, my God, my God, my God, my God. Tole, Tole, Barama, Parene, Lambandala, Tele, Hallelujah. Sit down, please. For I sense that many who are here shall be anointed. Amen. You, you, you shall be anointed. Amen. And you shall walk in the anointing. Amen. For every gift is peculiar, mm. different. But surely the anointing is the anointing. For in the day that you are anointed, you shall see the signs of the anointing. For men cannot tell you whether you are anointed. For he shall show you the signs. Listen, listen. In Suhum, I remember when I was anointed in 1988, God told me, I'll show you a sign. That's what I want you to begin to look out for because I sense the oil. You know, I'll tell you something. You, you can't preach about something a lot. People begin to have a desire. They begin to reach out for it and they begin to get it. I'm telling you, it's real. You can't preach too much. As soon as I preach about it, the desire to be to be covered. Ha! My God, my God. Why have you not forsaken me? Thank you. You can't preach too much. And the desire is created and the interest. It's the Bible says desire spiritual is the, is the only thing. So this preaching stirs up the desire for. And that makes you come closer to. It's, it's, not, it's not only difficult to be anointed, but it's sometimes difficult to see that there is an anointing. You know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm writing a book on this. That's what I'm actually preaching to you from. I'm actually preaching to you from my new book. I just told my secretary to paint one page for me to preach from. It's called Steps to the Anointing. Yeah. It's one of the easiest books that I've ever written. Because it's it's coming from my spirit. 
Mama Sitambre celebrate some Monday celebrate Vajale Meneke. Ha! For not only shall you obtain, but you shall see the gift. I believe it is. It is also a gift to see. For years I preached. No one ever said I was anointed. People don't tell you that you are anointed. People don't come to you and say you are anointed. I remember one day I was being introduced by one of my pastors and he said this is a very anointed person. It was the first time somebody had ever introduced me as an anointed person. I had never been introduced. I had always been so, this one is my father. I, if, if I had not met him, this and that. And all kinds of introductions. Except this introduction. One day Somebody introduced me and said, it's very annoying. It was in a small church. It was, it was one of the most precious introductions to me. Because it meant a lot for, for somebody to perceive that you are anointed. My God. May someone perceive that you are anointed. Yeah. So it shall come to pass. Shortly. Amen. That the effect of the anointing hey. on what you do shall become Amen. evident. For so you shall turn to the left and sometimes to the right. But the power of God shall push things in the right way for you. And you shall sense that if it had not been for the Lord, if it had not been for the Lord, if it had not been for His power and His presence, I could not be doing what I am doing. Soon you shall sense it. For you shall see it. And that is why Elijah took the mantle and said, where is the God? Where is the anointing? Where is the God? Where is the anointing? For you shall soon be asking, where is the anointing? Where is the anointing? Where is the anointing? I want also to see this anointing. Is it real? Is it here? Massacre selling the Lord. I remember the very first time I stood in that tent to preach at the crusade. It was in AME Zion compound. As I stood there preaching, I began to laugh inside. Inside, the laughter came from inside. Because I knew that I had pressed my way into something that I was being kept away from. I pressed to something. It's not easy to go to a, a new place. I began to laugh. When I was talking at the point, I was laughing. If you watch the video, if there is a video, if you watch the video, you will see me laughing at the point. I'm laughing to myself. Because I could sense that God had brought me somewhere. Friend, soon you shall stand at a place. Amen. And a certain laughter shall begin to come from inside. And you will say to yourself, it seems the Lord has brought me to a precious place. A place of his grace. And a place of his anointing. Lift your hand and thank him right now. Thank you, Lord. For what he has done for you. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you so much. Thank you for the anointing. Thank you for your grace. 
Thank you for your great blessing. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.